0: I'm Elaine Shannon. I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast where we inspire and empower you to connect more soulfully to yourself.
1: In this episode of Soul Sister Conversations, we have Eric Lloyd in the studio with us to chat about leadership in life and business. Good morning, Dana. Good morning, how are you? I'm great, I'm great. And uh, I'm really excited about our topic today because I know how much you love to chat about leadership.
0: It's true, and I also happen to really love this person. Well, this uh, this guest
1: is actually our first caller from the Mayor Machi, so when we did our first episode, and it's your husband, right? So so we started our first episode, and, and the phone's ringing, and it's your
0: husband. Yeah, yeah, what do you say? Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Exactly. If from... only we had a live call-in show, that would be interesting. Well, well I think that might happen someday.
1: Yeah. I think uh, awesome. your husband, Eric Lloyd, has sort of planted that seed. So, our caller for Mayor Machi, Eric Lloyd is the president, current president of Sunny Corner Enterprises. And Eric began his career in the industrial insurance industry, part of GE Capital in Toronto, Ontario. And he's got a really long bio. So we're going to put that on our Facebook page. I'm going to shorten it up. But long story short, after 18 years of service with JD Irving in November of 2018, Eric took on the role of president of Sunny Corner Enterprises, a company that focuses on and. industrial construction manufacturing industrial sales and business management services and now he's going to be a soul brother yeah our
0: our second soul soul brother brother
1: (laughs) on soul sister conversation so eric welcome to the podcast
2: i'm very excited to be here (laughs) hi Hi, honey hi darling No, I I, I am. I've listened to all of the episodes. Like I've told you before we started this one, uh, I don't think I'm going to listen to this one, but I've listened to them all up to this point.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you for being a loyal listener. We we love that the the conversations are relevant to everyone, so not just women, right? Not just Soul Sisters for women. And it's beyond sort of Dane and I, we talk about the woo, but there are a lot of great leadership and uh, life, I guess life lessons life lessons yeah. it, it all
2: goes together it's all one isn't it
0: yeah it, it is. is well i always say leadership development is personal development it is and i think the the growth of an individual you know that's important in order to be a leader in organization so it, what we often do Elaine is in this exact exact room is often on Sunday mornings we're having we called fireside chats not in the summertime we don't have the fireplace on but uh, we just kind of sit and chat about life and especially that he's as busy as he is right now and away from home a lot um, we kind of get a chance to catch up and a lot of the topics that we tend to go we talk about are business and leadership and um, isn't, isn't that fun Is it fun?
2: No, it is, because I have my own personal coach that way.
1: Ah. It's true.
2: It's somebody else to bounce ideas off of, to talk about, because you're dealing with uh, a lot of the things that I end up dealing with are people-related things. So even though you're leading a company, you think of business and stuff like that, but 75% of it is dealing with people, motivating people, and... Figuring that out, so uh, to have somebody that is better at it than me to help me along and grow me—that's it's that's fantastic.
1: Well, and what I find that's refreshing about that, because there's a lot of um, people who maybe don't converse that well in sort of that situation, because there is that marital relationship there. So sometimes there's, you know, those interesting bits of our personalities, but there's a lot of great power couples out there. Like when you look at, so, you know, um, uh, Beyonce, and what's her husband's name? Oh uh, God. Jay-Z. Right. So I'm, have, I'm like, very current that I know that. <laughs> right. So when you look at- I have
2: some, no idea who you're talking when about. When you
1: look at power <laughs> couples out there- um, and and we have some in our community, you know, where you see husbands and wives who own companies together. Like, I see you guys as, you know, as a couple. And I've seen you at the coffee shop, like, with your books, and you're sitting there with leadership books, and you're having your deep discussions. And I, I think that's fantastic. I'm a little jealous. Well, sometimes we have to remember we're married.
0: <laughs> ah, <laughs> but we do. We I do. remember. We, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> Oh, sure absolutely I remember. Um but we we love talking about that stuff. And maybe because that dominates so much of our life or it has in the past. I don't know. Decade, 15 Probably years. Probably the fir-
1: when you first moved to Toronto together for your f- first for his first job. Yeah, he was uh, in his engineering
0: world at that yeah. point. But,
2: but but more so since we've moved back here. Yeah, so more to so. The the last East, yeah. to yeah. 20 years.
0: Well, and certainly as I have Well, I always had, my interest in leadership started probably nearly 20 years ago, but really as I began to study it and so on, and then he and I really sort of bounce ideas off each other, so he has the real world side of things, where he's in there actually doing it, and he gets to come home and we get to chat about, um, you know, just what those patterns and things that that represents, and what is the problem, and how do you, um,
2: you know, Well, yeah, I know what you mean, because I'm excited about it, because... You know, maybe somebody in a similar role would come home. You know, you have those work problems because at the end of the day, the majority of your work life, your time during the day, is at work, not at home. So to have you spend
1: very little time with your family when you think about well,
2: it. Well, you you really do. It, it it is it is small in comparison. So to come home and then be able to talk to somebody about some of the challenges that you're having at work, I think it helps the personal relationship just as much as it does than the work relationship. It ends up being a very healthy balance, I think.
1: Well, it it is, but and there's another part to that I think that's important and critical, is that your partner, there has to be this openness and awareness, right? Because you're not coming home and unloading right no, no. it's not an unloading of the issues of the
2: day
0: or you just talking at your partner it's
2: sometimes it might feel like that <laughs> yeah.
0: well you know when you say say make that point i've had this conversation with other leaders um and it is this you know in the early days when you know i was staying at home with the kids the kids were young and he would come home and i would say he had corporate face on you know and wow. i'd be like okay you could take that back out on the back step and dump that and then come back in she would say and, it like and, that and yeah but that's is, good
2: it's healthy and but i have
0: well there is a bit of an awareness too you have to have some reflecting that back but i've had that conversation with other people that they said they've had the similar kinds of um conversations with their wives and they realize there is a corporate face when they come through the door and what does the corporate face look like well it's usually kind of agitated it looks a little bit like road rage oh um, okay it's a-
2: <laughs> no that's <laughs> it's- my normal face. yeah
0: yeah that's normal. no no we used to live in toronto you'll see it
2: on the pictures that you post
0: and <laughs> the video check the video out later but it's a real thing for people who who are have to not say they have to live with the people who are leaders but have these uh, big jobs that are in corporations that there's a lot of de- Demands on them and it, and sometimes you bring that home from from work. It can with be hard you. to
2: turn off right away Yeah,
0: yeah, so you used to be. say he used to work in Moncton for a little bit and he would like to drive home from Moncton um, To home because it was an hour and 15 to, 20 minutes to decompress. Yeah, it, right. I just think, wrote that down yeah. decompress yeah. So how
1: are people decompressing so that when they do come home? then that is a sort of healthy Um, it's a, it's a conversation, not a offloading.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Because as you say this, I'm thinking about my husband and I, because he he works, he works a different type of job. He, he works on a ship. He lives there for seven days and then he comes home. So he, when he's home, he's not working. I'm working. So I would be the one coming into the house with... Corporate face, corporate face, <laughs> right? And I've had my family check call me you out. It. Yeah, call me out on that. Like you're. Oh, you must have had a bad day because yeah. now we're we are getting the um, offloading. Or my kids will say you're being mean to us or something. <laughs> what happened today? <laughs> like they do. And but I thought, but wow, it's nice that we you did you have a great job.
2: That, yeah, but it's nice to have somebody that care to oh, know. Geez, you're not you're, you're not, not yourself. Your, you're not yourself. So that's a nice balance to have
1: instead of just coming. In and them taking it or yes, whatever and yeah. not saying, yeah. Mommy you need to check it or go back outside as you say, <laughs> get rid of your corporate face and come back in. But
2: but yeah. what I find interesting is as you talk about that, I use this at work. Like I kind of use this line to say, you know, you spend a lot of time at work, maybe even more at work than you do at home, and at home, there times the time, you're going to have an argument every now and then. That it, it's happened. That's very natural. It's very it's very normal, and it's and and it's healthy. But yet at work, it's almost like it's not expected. You shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't have, you know, that type of energy. And the reality is I spend more time with people that, you know, I love my wife, but I don't love them. Right. It's very natural to say every now and then we're going to have disagreements at work. You have them at home now and then with the people that you love. What makes you think it's not gonna happen with people that you actually spend more time with and you don't love them per se? Right.
1: So how do you deal with that?
2: I I'm very up forward and blunt just like that. Right? We're I I put it out there. No, I put it out there before we have those saying we're gonna have them. Right. It is gonna happen. So I almost start every job, every career change going into a new business talking just like that. It's all fine and roses at the beginning. Yes, we will have. There's the honeymoon conflicts. period
1: when you come in and they're like, "Oh, look at the shiny new president."
2: Yeah, or whatever the role, yes. or manager or supervisor. You're gonna, you're gonna have those. But those it's are having happen.
1: the discussions ahead of time and having healthy behaviors, mm-hmm. healthy ways of dealing with. The disagreements, disagreements that are going to happen that, like you said, you're spending more time with than the people that you... That you love. That you love. And
0: I think that's really a leadership principle, you know, transparency over communication. You know, he's setting the expectation that things will happen or not even expectation, like drawing out something that's, you know, not, not going to be good, but just letting people know that this is going to be a place where we're going to bump up against each other and we can work through it. So um, instead of, you know, having these expectations on people and expecting them to perform in a certain way. So I think, that, would you say that? Like it's transparency and...
2: It's transparency and openness that, uh, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll get through it, but it will happen. Right. right because And some maybe people, that's not good energy to put out, but I think it's realistic. Everybody, it's realistic energy. Everybody knows that sometime yeah. in their work career, they've bumped into somebody that they had conflict with. Right. It happens. And
1: so that brings up a great, so conflict. And, um, I've had this discussion in sort of women's group, women's groups before that women will avoid confrontation. Most women at any cost. And as a woman in business, we've, I've had to encounter this, right? I've had to encounter it with, um, bullies that I've had to work with, um, that are not part of my company, but are part of the company that I was working with. And I had to deal with bullies, but we don't um, we avoid conflict. We, we don't practice. We run away from it. And over the years, and being a short woman, so I'm four foot eleven and a half, and so...
2: But walk seven feet.
1: Thank you. <laughs> thank you. But but there is... People tend to talk down to people who are short. Interesting. So I've had to learn to stand my ground in a very firm yet loving way, and to look at confrontation head on, and that's a muscle that I had to work on, mm. and have worked on over the years. So I don't shy away from confrontation like I used to, but I've had practice. So how, in a company that maybe isn't used to having that transparency and and a you know somebody who's in the lead, how do you prepare your people to have those challenging, healthy but challenging conversations?
2: know if I you know personally I don't know if I've prepared them other than those early conversations and when it happens having the difficult conversation with them one thing I've learned over the years is you're right people I think whether it's women or men uh, I think it's natural early on certainly in my early careers early part of the days to avoid conflict oh the other person's having a bad day oh I'm not gonna try you know just to back away from the situation I think I've under, come to understand that when you have that feeling as soon as you as soon as you feel it to lean into it instead of leaning away so I like to lean into those now but that's what I've learned over a lifetime of experience now but getting back to the question of how do you prepare the folks, I think you lean into it, you have that difficult conversation, whatever it is, but then you got to figure out how to bring it back around to make the person know and feel that you care for them, they can trust you. So you can have a difficult conversation and then on the back end still say, you know, for instance, you know, I'm having this conversation, if I wasn't having this conversation with you, you should feel worried because I care enough to have the conversation, right? I care enough so that, that I want to spend trust. time with you to help through this, whatever it might be. Uh, so, you know, i kind of hoping that that brings trust and they feel like they're being cared for. No different than one of your children, right? right. If, if a child is, do you lean away from your child doing something bad or inappropriate or whatever it might be? No, you lean into it. And you try to get a hold of it. Why? Because you love them.
1: But for a lot you of care. people, this is foreign, right? They don't do it at home. They've not had practice at work. Yeah. And it's a, it is a foreign thing um, to have somebody trust them enough that you're going to have that hard conversation and then you're all going to move on. You're going to like leave the room or you're going to leave right. the conversation and they don't hate you, yeah. right? They're, you know, they're, you're not getting fired
2: yeah,
0: and you're moving on.
2: Yeah. Mm. No, that's it.
0: Well, that's a big thing with, with, um, you, you had a statement before with all a bazillion uh, conversations. So when I hear these little tweetable moments, I write them down because I'm sure they'll be going in a book or somewhere. And you, you would say that if you don't care for people, you shouldn't be leading them.
2: Yeah, I believe that. And sometimes yeah. that can be hard, but, but you shouldn't be leading people if you don't care for them. Right. You, 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 you should be, you, you shouldn't be, you, you, you should be a follower, not you should be in a task oriented job of where you sit and you do, you know, someone it's a delegates, to you. somebody delegates, and you do, yes. because if you don't care for people, you shouldn't be leading them, right? Absolutely. And when
0: you talk about this candor and care, um, it makes me think of uh, Jeff Weiner, the uh, LinkedIn CEO, who talks about compassionate leadership. And it's this idea of, uh, of exactly, it's compassionate leadership is not about not Being making easy. hard decisions yeah. it's still making tough decisions and having i know one thing that i'd I would say that you're probably good at and maybe it's terrifying sometimes but you you will lean in you will you will hold people accountable and have the conversation I'm Very
2: blunt and direct
0: right and, and but not you just get to the point you just don't right. beat around right. right so which is the whole point and i guess on that point how have you seen have people appreciated that you just get to the point over the years, or do you see people going, oh, boy, here it comes? Like
2: I, I would say my style has developed over the years. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Early, earlier days without my coach, uh, before I was coached, I suppose, uh, it probably wasn't taken well, nor did I follow up appropriately, nor would the person probably felt that I cared about them. And I don't know if it, when I was in the thir- my 30s, maybe I did. Right. Right.
0: So when did that shift? Because I know we've had these conversations, and there's a big difference between being a manager and a leader. And you've been in charge of people for quite a long time. When did it shift for you that you moved from being a manager or general manager or these typical roles? When did you realize you're doing something differently that you became a leader?
2: I don't know it's like saying when did you officially become an adult you know when when well, you turn 18 or 19 or no. whatever the age is <laughs> i would say you know, i shot. Say I
0: would say i know when i yeah, saw it yeah. no but no but i'm I, I, i'm
2: just you know i back up and i say that you know when you turn of age or when somebody gives you the title and just like when you become an adult and the government says you're now an adult mm-hmm you're not necessarily really an adult because it's one of those things that you, it builds right? well i
0: think there's an important point there lots of people receive lead quote-unquote leadership Ship- titles, titles right like a, a supervisor right or supervisor gender they're not manager, really they're leaders not. so no. that is the difference so because yeah. you've had those roles when do you think that th- that shifted
2: i think it would have been it would have been right around when i went to the wallboard
0: yeah i would all say right? so too all
2: right uh, it would have been around that time because my day And how many years ago was this? That would have been 8 years ago ahead.
1: now. Yeah, eight, probably 9 yeah. years
2: ago around around that time frame.
1: So yeah. 10 plus years into your career.
2: Uh, oh, more than that. More than that. Oh, that's okay. that's the yeah. Well, that's within Irving, yeah. Okay, yeah. right.
0: But we we're talking you know 8 years ago. I mean, you've been working probably for maybe not quite yeah. 20 years. Like I feel like that.
2: I feel like I'm a light bloomer on the leadership Uh, management, uh, you know, understanding my style and being comfortable with my style. Right. Because when you work in different environments, I think different companies put expectations on you and you try to lead a certain way that the culture dictates that you should. Uh, but to get to a point where you're comfortable and you're going to, I don't want to say buck the culture, but be yourself.
1: Right, bring your authentic self.
2: Bring your authentic self that you lead, which is right for you, mightn't totally match the culture of where you're at, but it's right for you. And I think that's when you get to a realization in your career that, you know what? It's not a bad thing. It just is what it is. But I don't fit where I'm at now because culturally you know what? Maybe I am a little different. And there's not a thing wrong with that. I think too many people stay in roles and jobs because they don't do that because it's a paycheck. So they don't, they don't recognize that. They don't grow, but when
1: you grow, then it you do, you need to move. We talked about that in a previous show, right? You know, you're physically, we grow and all these ways, but how are we growing spiritually, right? You know, that growth, um, and sometimes that place that we're
0: at needs to change yeah. because we can't grow anymore.
2: You can't grow anymore. And,
0: and there's such a thing as growing in leadership, right? Everybody yes. has a leadership journey and some people may not even be on it yet. You may have a title. You may be hearing this and go, ooh, am I a leader? Because I really think leadership is a higher calling. And, I'm, and, and I and that, because it's more, it's about the people, right? It, it's, Higher it's, calling—that's
2: an interesting way to put. It. I, I just—I I think it's a skill. It's a very different skill than doing. How many times I've seen it? Many times where you take somebody that is very good at their functional job, whether it's operating a piece of equipment or being great at, uh, you know, a retail store where you're great customer service. Whatever, what, whatever your role might be, that functionally you're very good at. Then say, wow, that person's really good. I'm going to make them a supervisor, manager. Oh, it's a different right. skill set. Completely different skill set. a lot
1: of problems happen. A lot of because problems Because just because that... you're good here doesn't mean you're going to be good over there.
2: Yeah, it doesn't. It's a completely different skill set. Even though you're in the exact same industry, it is mm-hmm. complete. That, that'd be no different than saying, uh, you know, somebody that's really good on the production floor doing something. Wow, you're really good. Why don't you come up and be our accountant in our company? It's no different. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, and being a leadership, being leadership, and being a leader, there is great responsibility.
2: There is, yeah, there is. Of keeping, you know, it's I, I look at it. Wow, you know, at the company that I'm at, you know, we have 150 employees, kind of around there. But when we spike up and there's lots of work going on, and construction jobs are going on, which we're ramping up to, we could be have five or six hundred people. So when you think about it, wow, we're employing and supporting. And helping five hundred families. Families, yeah. I mean, when you think about it that way, it's just not a paycheck for somebody. These people rely on this. It is a, it is deep to think about.
0: And that's why I call it uh, that leadership yeah, is a higher calling, a higher calling because there is a shift or an awakening that hap- has to happen within an individual to realize this is more than just being the boss. And you've seen a lot of great examples through the years of where you've had to, you know, you really help people. And and that's it's really about caring for people in your charge, right? And that's the shift that people have to make. It's not about you, it's about them.
2: I remember I had a conversation with one employee. I'm sure we've talked about it. Uh, I pointed to Dana there. <laughs> yeah, not uh, me. This is an audio no, program. No, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a conversation with one employee where good employee person was probably kind of a little bit lost and you know I told them you're a great employee I also told them that if I was them I'd quit right right because they're just not mentally in the right spot I will keep you and I've heard somebody else say this before but uh, it really resonated with me and it meant a lot at this particular point when I was talking to this person because it just matched the situation so great. It was just a person that was in a funk. They really didn't know why, but at the end of the day, they really weren't happy. I'm happy to keep them, but I can't grow them anymore because right. they're missing something, something that where they're with with me at the time, I can't. I can't help them. So if they want to stay and be not happy, collect a paycheck, but I'm still happy with their work, I got no problem. You, you can stay there and work as long as forever, you want. Yeah. Forever. But wow, what a waste. Right Of your go, human potential. Of, of your human potential. Go. That's why I said to them, as if I was you, I'd quit. Now it's easier said than done. Right. And I'm not firing them and I'd keep them forever. But it, it's just good to have those sorts of conversations.
1: And having those people around you, there was something I shared with you the other day, Dana. Mm -hmm. Um, I sent it on Instagram. I always see these great things. And it said, like, if you are with people and you're not being inspired, Mm -hmm. you're not in a tribe, you're in a box.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so I
1: started really thinking about who are the people around me who are pushing me, right? Gently, lovingly pushing me to be to be the leader that I'm meant to be because yeah. I never thought I was a leader. I was always in school. I was a follower. Mm-hmm. But what I realized was I was actually the leader. I was the one that was like, Elaine, let's go in the store. and But can you go ask the sales lady about this? And I'll just wait over here. And so I, you had your
2: minions around. I did.
1: <laughs> but I didn't realize that I was this leader because I was the one that could go talk. And I got practiced from a very young age at speaking with people, like going mm-hmm. and asking questions and then a few years ago i i made a very flippant comment on facebook and i was called on it
2: oh and somebody
1: and it wasn't <laughs> leave it to facebook it, it was it was a very it was an intense weekend and the people that are listening that know of the story will remember because it, it i cr- i spent the whole weekend crying wow but what that person taught me and i i'm very grateful to them at the time i wasn't it was awful but what they said to me was elaine people listen to you whether you think it or not. And you can't just make comments like that.
2: Yeah, it's a true, powerful statement.
1: And so after I got over what happened, because it happened for me, not to me, I realized that when I say things, I need to make sure they're true, right? Yeah. And that I believe what I'm saying. And so that's when I really started to stand in that leadership mm-hmm. that I have within yeah. whatever community mm-hmm.
2: it is. But see, that's a good life lesson. And I think a lot of the leadership lessons that you use in business are are applicable in real life too. So there's a perfect example that I should do. Be aware of the same thing in a business, but even personally, you got to be aware of that too, because you never know right. who is listening, listening and listening right? and following you even personally, right? Right. Like yeah. what
1: we're doing here with these conversations, right. right? It's, we're very, um, uh, we are very intentional, hmm about our topics and our guests, because what we say, people are listening. Yeah,
0: And when I'm hearing, I'm writing writing notes, as I, that's who I am, uh, as we're Is talking part of here, your next book? Well, yeah, 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 I get all the nuggets here. Um, there's two things that we we're just talking about that I want to sort of bring a highlight to that you're just speaking to talk about leadership is responsibility, mm. right? And there's that philosophy that when you become a leader, your rights go down and your responsibilities go up. So if you're a person who Ooh. thinks that if you're getting the corner office because of status or money or whatever reason that you think it's giving you, it, it that's actually going away. To shift, do, yeah, when you agree, true. Eric?
2: No, no, it's totally I true. See you I see your head. No, no. And that, that, that is the big thing that you have you have less flexibility because to your point, Elaine, you talk about, you know, what you say could have influence. What people see you do has just oh. as much influence. Because if they see the boss leave early, if they see you coming in late, uh, you know, you just not do like. Your liquid you,
1: lunch hours, those don't happen. No, no. no but,
2: but but the point is the leader sets the pace. Case, yes. So for you to become a leader you actually have to pick up the pace because people are now following you. So right. it actually is more intense.
0: That is the higher lot.
2: you move up, uh, and it's a big responsibility. You can't slack off because you will literally, literally change the culture of the organization just by what you do. Never mind by what you say.
0: Right. Yeah. It's, so so anybody listening to that, leadership is a heavy responsibility. True, the kind of leadership that we're speaking of it's yeah, beyond the, the, role. The, the
2: leadership where you're working in an organization and it's going to be successful right and and like you you can do it but those organizations if those leaders stay in place will not be a company in 10 15 20 at some point in the future those companies go away Mm -hmm. they absolutely go away
1: so the thought just came to me and dana i think you've talked about this before is becoming a leader in your own life Mm -hmm. for sure and so extending beyond this, so if people are listening, they're like, well, I, you know, I, I'm not a leader of a company that big. So
0: how do I become a leader in my own life? Mm. Well, I'm going to circle back just to one thing and then I'll throw it to you. Because um, you you guys were just sort of talking about um, inspiration. I was like, that's another nugget. Leadership is inspiration. Steve Jobs said, you know, your job as a leader is not to light a fire under people. Like, let's get going. It's to light a fire in them, mm. right? To inspire people. So I think for for people to be leaders in their own life, you have to be inspired, I think, surround yourself by with people who encourage you and who can see your potential and help encourage that. What would you say about that? Well,
2: it, it, to do that, you know, back to way early part of the conversation here, you have to work on yourself mm-hmm. because imagine you trying to motivate and push somebody, but you're not motivated yourself. Who motivates the leader? At some point, it has to come from within. To then motivate and push others, it's easy to not easy, but you know if you're if you're an employee and you got a good boss that motivates you, keep you going. Wow, okay, that's that's a great spot. You're 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 working for a great company. But what's motivating that leader to do that for you? Mm. Right, it, that is where you have to work on yourself,
0: mm.
2: and that's a tough tough thing. If you're not constantly trying to develop, that's why I enjoy our conversations, Dana, that we have because those those help those. Help me develop those skill sets that allow me to do that. I'm still a work in progress, and it's not—it never ends. There's no end destination. Okay, I'm now no. a leader. It doesn't right. exist.
0: No, and that's why I say leadership is a journey. So if you can kind of imagine an arc or a timeline, everybody probably could put a little pinpoint where they are on that journey. And it doesn't matter where you are. It's—I think it's more important to recognize that you're on one. That I tell people it's like, a, you know, it's like an overlay. Another, you might have a title. But you accepting leadership—that's a choice, right? But-
2: and and whether it's leadership or even in whatever role that you happen to have, it doesn't have to be a leadership role. In anything no. that you do, like in what we're doing
1: with this, yes, these yes. podcasts, you're leading, leading the way. We're yeah. leading, you're inspiring people. Are listening people to,
2: right? But but just right. imagine—you know—can every week you be one percent better at what you do? Mm. you absolutely can like yep, 1% yep. if somebody thinks of 1% right. absolutely you know it's pick up and read an article it's, it could be something so simple but can you be 1% better this week yes you can well, what does that mean in a year you're 50% better right. right that's very it's a very powerful statement I can't remember where I heard that one before but that one—that's what you got to constantly just do little things, the better, small things, the small yeah. little things.
1: I'm reading essentialism right now, and that's exactly the last chapter I just read. So, oh, really? so some people take like this great big goal. So they use the example of the dad was going to build the daughter a giant dollhouse in the backyard, and so it was big and fantastical, and and he didn't do it. Because it was big and fantastical, it's so the too so much. the it's so the much. moral of the story is: you take those tiny <laughs> yeah. incremental steps every day, like Dane and I starting this podcast. I right? It's like okay, we're gonna do this, and then what happens is the mem- it's the fulcrum, the momentum, hmm. all of a sudden builds, and as you said, Eric, all of a sudden you've done fifty, yeah, right. fifty right. little incremental steps right. through an entire year that if you took that big giant project and you just took that one next thing in front of it,
2: to do. you you yep. can't do
0: it well even know. ourselves when we think about this podcast we think oh my gosh you have to get 52 guests in a year if you had thought that before you start you were like I don't know 52 people right. <laughs> come on how would we do but that but each week yeah. we get a couple or we start brainstorming mm-hmm. and we do one at a time and now we look back I don't know what do we have like a dozen like that's do uh, I that's, count do yes. I officially count, dozen. count as a yeah, guest yeah you're, yeah, you're, you're the, the dozen okay. um, <laughs> But it's that idea of anybody's listening about breaking down those goals, because this might be um, good for you to speak to, because in an organization, you have giant goals, Thing, big things to bite off. So people who are listening, whether you're in, in an organization or you're just in your life, whether you're trying to lose weight or you want to have better relationships, how do you break down these great big goals? It, it,
2: it, it's it, But it's no different than what we were just talking. Yeah. You break it down into very simple, small bites. So... There's one business we have, I don't know, I want to say it's probably 20,000 different products in one one of our industrial businesses. Well, how do you grow 20,000 products? How do you go out and Where's sell 20? Where's priority 20... product? Right. How do you pick so, that? So, you know what? Actually, we're focusing just on two to three product lines this year because you can't focus on that many things. It's impossible. Right? So you do it no different. <laughs> so no Jim different. Collins
0: was right. If you have more than three priorities, you probably have none. Uh, <laughs> so that's you take 20,000 every yeah. Every
2: one of our businesses, all I do is I boil it down to th- no more than three, three things that I want to be laser focused on myself. My general managers in each of the businesses are responsible for the day-to-day stuff. But for me two to three things, that's all I'm, and I can say that's all I'm concerned about, but that's where my strategic vision is. Mm. How do I grow those three and because things? Because then
1: at the end of the year, you can measure how you did on those uh, three we did things. Yeah, that, right, yeah. right. Instead of the 20,000 yeah. products. Yeah, you mm. can't do
2: it, it's too big. Mm. And it's even on the, you know, we're getting into operation stuff now, but even, <laughs> even on the sales side of things, it's the same for your sales folks, right? You can't send them out and go, go sell 20,000 products, it's too big. It's got to be very laser focused to this customer, these three things, this customer, these three things. And that's exactly exactly what I've brought to to this business uh, for our focus for our sales team.
1: But that's a great leadership, I think, perspective as well right? Is that because a lot of people are so all over the place. So priorities, they have to-do lists with 50 things on it that they want to do this year. And so priority was a singular word until the early 1900s and it turned into priorities. Because I'm not people want it. Right. I I I no. totally focus.
2: I'm, I, my brain is very simple. But that's I, what
1: makes you a good leader. And I think it's it's me being simple. less but no. <laughs> yes, you being simple. Less but better, right? And I think is as, as you know because the world we, it it is our oyster and there is so much. We can do anything we want to do like the technology but it is what? Are, what am I following? What is the North Star? I'll go back to that. What is the one thing? And if you're an individual, and maybe three is too many. If you're a single person running a single person operation, where you are all those employees could be, could be too much. It could be too much. One thing.
0: Follow that one mm-hmm. thing.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think because people get overwhelmed with goals, and there's a great line that no, I don't know. I think it came from "It's Your Ship, Doctor um, um, Captain Michael Abraham." And it says, there's no great strategy, only great execution. So it's this idea. Some people spend all their time making these amazing plans on paper and can't get a thing off the page. Wouldn't you say that,
2: No, it's true. No, it's true. I take it you want me to add to that. Well, I don't know. I'm just thinking. No, no. No, I (laughs) would absolutely say it. I mean, it's uh, 100% true. Most strategies fail. It doesn't really matter the strategy. It's more around putting something down, being focused on it, and doing it. If you do the one or two things that you put down, you will be further ahead than probably 70, 80% of the companies out there, right? Mm. You, you will be further ahead.
0: Mm. Let's talk vision. All right. Because people, it's important both in an organization and in your life. What, what's the importance of, um, I know you've talked a lot about vision and with your people, like why have a vision?
2: I think people want to feel like they're part of a team and understanding where they're going. I couldn't imagine coming in, you know, I wouldn't say I'm there or great at it yet, working at it, but I think people want to come in to work and understand where they're going. What's the purpose of coming in? People do want to know that. You know, you heard the examples of, you know, imagine somebody gave, said I could go play golf every day, right? Go play golf every day for the next two years. I love golf, but... If, I, if they put the criteria down that, but you can't keep track of any score. You can't think of the score. You're not allowed to write it down. You're not allowed to know it. You just go out and hit the stick and hit the ball. That would not be fun. Right. You need
0: a measurement. So you need a you measurement. measurement. You
2: need a goal. That's why the goal of, you know, is a par three or whatever it is, and you're <laughs> keeping track. and. But right. uh, that's the, if you boil it right down, very simple, that's the, I think that's the importance. I think as humans, we want to see a bigger picture and feel like we're part of something bigger. And you can only right. be that if... They know what they're driving to transparency. accomplish.
1: Transparency. So it's back to the transparency, right? If you're an organization that isn't sharing your goals and your mission and your values with your staff continually, they have no idea where the measuring stick is. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, and so many organizations have the vision and the mission statements on the wall, but does it ever jump off the wall? So my question to you is how do you connect people to a vision on a daily or weekly basis? I mean, that's great to have it in your mind, but. How do we connect people to it?
2: You got to I mean, you just got to be talking about it, right? And again, back to the two or three strategic things that you're working on, uh, having regular meetings, whether it's once a week or once a month, once a quarter with, with everybody in the organization at some point. Uh, there has to be some regular, here's the things we're working on. Remember, this is our vision and to connect to that, here's the two, three, two or three things that we're working on this year and here's the status of them, mm-hmm. right? It's it's, it's constantly communicating that and talking about it and giving regular updates. Because if you're not giving regular updates, then people kind of lose focus on it and is it really important? I don't know. Right,
0: right. They'll question it.
2: They would question it or forget about it and oh, he it's- hasn't talked about it again, so I don't know what's going on. Maybe we've shifted
0: so how would you do that? In emails? Staff meetings? No, no, meetings? It's, it's
2: face-to-face meetings. Face-to-face meetings. Face meetings. Yeah, yeah. There's no other way. Face-to-face.
0: Right. So anybody who's considering sending an email... Don't do <laughs>
2: that. Don't do it. Don't do it. No.
0: That, that, that Because what does the face-to-face meetings do for people? Like, why is that important?
2: Why is it important? I don't know. As, as, as hum- I think it garners trust. Um, it's driving the culture that we communicate um, there's no better way to communicate than face-to-face. Mm. The next best thing is probably, you know, video feed and stuff right. like that. That's good. But if I can at all do it, I would prefer face-to-face, even with customers in that. You know, pick up the phone. For sure. You know, pick Absolutely. up the phone, send them something. You know what? If you're going to give somebody a proposal, I might send it by email, but I quickly you would quickly want to follow up with, I, I'd like to bring it to you, though. Right? Right? that's maybe not as easy in this day and age but but face to face is better with everything
0: and you said that cuz we know that trust is such an important foundational principle of any leadership organization and you said when you you meet with people face to face it builds trust. How or why does that build trust?
2: Cuz they see you. They see your body language. They see how passionate you are. You can't necessarily see the passion in an email, but right. but when you're up and talking about about the business and how you're excited, and it gives them opportunities to ask questions too. Right. Right.
1: Right. But at First, the end of the day, people buy from people.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. And we live in New Brunswick
0: and handshakes are good. Handshakes right? are yeah. very good. Yeah. 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 Well, really trust. Yeah. What would you say for um, advice you give to young leaders? There's lots of people who are thinking, and maybe initially they're thinking, I'm gunning for the, the corner office. But what would be your advice to people who are thinking of leadership in an organization, trying to climb the corporate ladder or be an entrepreneur?
2: So I would ask them, and I've asked this of people that want to become supervisors, managers, why do you want to? So I want them to reflect why they want to, first of all. So most people, I think, would say they're thinking of, they're seduced by a bigger job and more pay, right?
1: Good. Yeah. That's a good yeah. way to do it. They're, they're, right, they're exactly. seduced
2: by that. They're not, Is it? A, you know, you talk about a higher calling. You want to lead people because you're passionate to lead people? Or right. do you want that job because you know it's more money?
1: Because you need to let them know that right. that responsibility—they're not thinking of the right. responsibility that's happening.
2: So, so, and then how do you get? So, mm. how would I coach it? It would be that to really reflect on that, because making sure that they're aware of what the extra responsibilities come from being a leader. And then, if you, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, a leadership manager role is a different skill set than, uh, you know being very functional and, and working on a task, it can be, it is very different. How are you ready to do that? What skill set has made you ready to do that? And Just
1: your desire alone is desire not the skill set. It's no. not the skill set. <laughs>
2: right. You know, read There's a book, take a course. There's a lot of people that course. have
1: desire to do things, yes. Read
2: a book, take a course, read an article, get yes. a coach. Uh, you know, all of those, you know, talk, talk to your to the company and see what's available for for training and education, right? You got to get ready for it. So just because you want it, odds are they want it because they think it's more money. Right, and they're not going to really like the people side of things that come with it because it is, it can be very burdensome.
0: Right. So when you think of, I'm just thinking when you say that people side of things, and that's how I I sort of see business and leadership. We people think business is driving the bottom line, and leadership is this other piece with the people and and what people might forget is that that's the piece that drives the other pieces. It isn't just about the numbers. It is about the people. Like, can you speak to that? Like in terms of what your experience has been, your truth, like when you've seen success, like it might be okay if you were just a manager, but once you put the leadership piece on, it blew up.
2: Oh my goodness. I'm trying to think of a specific example. Well, Uh, even
0: just generally, like when you might've seen that as you connect it more with people that, the results.
2: I don't know if I can think of a specific example for it.
0: No, but I'm yeah. thinking about um, like your time in your previous role, as you did things like you had a barbecue to um, to raise money, yeah. and you I remember because remember when you had that barbecue, it was to raise money for the United Way, and it was that that was the very functional piece of it. Mm-hmm. But you were the, actually the person who served. Went down and barbecued. Right, barbecued. The leader yeah. was barbecuing. He just didn't put somebody else on it. And, w- and there was things like oh, that, that, that began did. to shift because you're literally well, serving were, the people.
2: Yeah, I think things were shifting before that anyways. But that's just a good way to be able to interact every week and talk to people and have a conversation about how's your week, how's the day, how are right. the kids, you know, all of those sorts of things. For you a get into just to the joke. Front line, you know, yeah. right?
1: Because how, as a leader, do you, do you get to the front line to yeah. really see, to talk to everybody. To talk to everybody. Talk to, and, so, in, a, yeah. in a place that, um, where they're comfortable. So I, I did a feature film um, four years ago here in the province. And so I was the producer. So I was in charge of everything. And then everybody's off filming every day. So here's what I did. I was also in charge of cooking. <laughs> I was in charge of feeding everybody. So I would show up on set with my food and I would hear everything that was right and everything that was wrong with right. what was going on every day. And they exactly. forgot I was the producer, right? And I'm just handing them their food. <laughs> Would and you
2: hand them burnt food? or No, it no. was delicious food. Oh, okay.
1: I'm really good at <laughs> she this. She has a good good. I'm going okay. to so, burn this one. But, here's, but what it did was, it was a place where everybody felt comfortable to sort of drop all of their um, defenses. And they talked about what was happening that day. So I could gauge the temperature on set every day. Mm. Yeah. And then I would go to my second in command or the director, or whoever, and I would say, okay, here's what we need to do.
2: Yeah heard this mm. or here's what that. they're telling yeah. me yeah. right
1: so it's like as a leader I knew I had to find a way and if I just went up to people and said so how's everything going on set today it's fantastic
2: yeah, exactly. yeah. right? Yeah. right
1: but what I heard was the truth and then I could right. course correct it every day because yeah. we were yeah. you know filming a yeah. whole feature in 14 days sure. yeah. and we had to course correct really quickly sure right sure yeah,
0: yeah. and, that, and that's that days. connection right the, it is ha- ha- so
1: find a people. way as a leader find a way to connect with the people that you're leading Mm. right where they feel comfortable and so i wasn't doing it to manipulate i was doing it that way to get the truth yeah. right to connect so that would help and it helped everybody yeah, yeah. 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 No, and it translates into results right away right yeah. right away yeah
0: right away it's true, <laughs> it's no, true. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah anything else you want to add?
2: uh no i just uh i'm i'm Did you forget excited
0: you've been sitting here talking can, like no,
2: that no. i've been excited this, this this is outside of my car you talk about comfort zones this is outside of my comfort zone bravo i, I can get, it's funny i can get up i don't mind getting up in front of uh uh you know lots of people to uh to talk but i don't know why this is uh because this we're is recording different. it we it are recording it right there's no.
1: so there's that fear that you're going to say something that we can't edit out <laughs> and, <laughs> and we, our, our edit skills aren't that <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah we haven't learned that part yet yeah.
2: no i'm so no i'm excited to uh to do this it was yeah. great
1: those are some great insights, Eric, yeah. um, That because when you think of the leadership, you forget about the part behind it and the work that the leader is doing within themselves. So, and here's, I'm going to do a pitch for coaching, right? So if you're a leader and you're not being coached, it's probably not a good thing
2: No, to some degree. When, <laughs> I, I, I would say, you know, finding somebody that, and it could be somebody just inside your organization that's a good ear to listen to, that you, you trust their opinions. Uh, if it's not inside your organization then to go outside and find somebody to help help you think through whatever you might be going through uh, and it's just good to have somebody to to talk to but it really there really has to be a good connection there right uh, so you got to select that person carefully but at the end of the day professional athletes uh, they all have uh, they all have coaches so the better you get the further up you get I think the more help you need actually
0: right the higher up you go the more help you need yes. Uh-huh. Well that sounds good. I think we'll leave it there. I think we'll leave it there. Well thank you
2: well, thank our you, caller ladies. from Mayor
1: Machine, <laughs> Yeah. Who came live to the studio <laughs> to in Rossey today.
0: Long yeah. long long long
2: time caller.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> long, time <laughs> long time listener. <laughs> long time listener. Yeah, that's right.
0: All right. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you.
2: I'm Dana
1: Lloyd. And I'm Elaine Shannon you've been listening to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast. You can connect with Dana at danaloydleadership.com and you can connect with Elaine at Elaineshannon.com. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast and join us for more Soul Sister Conversations. Thanks for listening.